So, I'm so let's just revisit me. I don't want a wedding, but I, 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 I want, want a ring in a nice dress. I want a photo shoot in a nice dress and I want a ring. Is that too much to ask? Then you get like a push present as well. So no, it just keeps stacking. I don't know about this business of getting a push present. Right. Like your baby is your push present. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the man does nothing, so. <laughs> right. I guess she'll get into it. Except- Pay for the engagement ring, pay for the push present. I mean, if I had, like, vaginal tearing, I would probably want a push present to make me Yeah, and the the likelihood of you having that is high. Not Mm. if you go out the sunroof, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you've got... Get the fuck out of me. Let's hit the dance floor. Don't work too hard, my break a backbone. Return of the Mac, the king is back, though. Corvette and cash, I never lack those. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the No Brilliant Jerks podcast, a podcast that deconstructs consumer culture and media with No Brilliant Jerks Allowed. Every Wednesday, you'll find us on all podcast streaming platforms, chatting about all things business, PR, and communications with a dash of shit talk, because who doesn't love that? In today's podcast, you're joined by me, Liv, Ty, and (laughs) Nicole. How are we all? Cannot wait to talk about Ooh, politics today. Yes. I feel like Ty and I are both super jazzed for this. Yeah, I feel like Friday we're coming in ready for a bit of a debate. Yes, but I've got I the think, hammer ready. No, 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 but I think um, <laughs> I think the weekend's kind of delivered us something different. Okay, I feel like fully. I'm weirdly optimistic with the outcome because as, like, I don't know, I don't, I'm usually um, a conservative voter. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, well, we'll have yeah, to unwrap but that. Ref- but yeah, so as everyone would probably know, and if you didn't, you're probably going to get a fine. Um, Saturday, we had the election Woo! and the results are through. We Everyone knows who our new prime minister is. But before we get into all of that, shall we do our weekly segment of dopes and nopes? Yeah, we can. It is time for dopes and nopes. <laughs> so every week uh, we kick off each episode with our weekly dopes oh. nope. So these are things that we think are awesome, dope, right. that aren't, nope, trash, throw it in the bin. All right, Nick, kick us off. Thank you. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not prepared. <laughs> you started with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Knowing well, that I'm fully my... unprepared. I'm just going to no, throw you under the I bus. Do, Let's go. That's fine. I do actually have uh, a dope and a nope. I'm going to start with my nope. And just get it out of the way. Oh, okay. um, my nope is um, pedestrian TV's coverage of the election results. Did they have one? Well, kind of. They were reporting based on the reporting predominantly of the ABC. Now, on Sunday morning, I want to preface this by saying I'm a fan of pedestrian TV mm-hmm. usually. I feel like I'm maybe in their demographic or just a little bit older than their demographic. I'm 32, I feel like their audience is maybe like 15 to 30 year olds who are traditionally like more progressive, like left wing voters, voting for Labor, voting for Greens. But there was one particular post which Ty sent me on Sunday morning that I had a real problem with. And Ty, I think, is going to pull it up. Mm. Yeah, basically what's happened is they have called Scott Morrison, former Prime Minister of Australia, a see you next Tuesday. That's not cool. The reason why I have a problem with that specifically, and I know, like, I don't necessarily have as much of a problem with them being, like, noticeably politically biased. I don't really have a problem with that because they're not claiming to be, like, a news source or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I have a problem with this is because of the language. I think 
even though they can say all day long that they are like a source for pop culture, they're like pop culture commentary. And this is like, I can understand where this coming, this is coming from. Like Scott Morrison is not probably the most likable person, particularly sure. on this side of politics. Yeah. But when your demographic of viewers is treating you like a news source, like this is where I would say, probably a large portion of their audience is getting their news from, getting their political coverage from. I I find it problematic that that's how we're introducing young people to the political discourse, yeah. by using language like that to describe people that we disagree with on the other side of politics. Very good point. And I think that people are over it as well. I mean, if, yeah. if this election and the results of this election have shown us anything, it's that people don't want that super partisan, really divisive language and sentiment in politics anymore. I think they're mm. over it. Mm. And I think that this is such a poor way of introducing people to the way that we should be talking to people we disagree with. We can have a respectful conversation all day, every way, right. all day, every day. There's yeah. a way to do that. And I don't think, I Th think this, this is, is not it. it. This is it's perpetuating the problem, right? Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. And when I sent this to you, I expected that. And I was just like, I think I was like, my first, I think I sent it to you and I said, pedestrian's going hard yeah, tonight. And I was like, hard. and um, I was I was actually um, interested to see what your response was. And he said, mm. I, I totally agree. It's kind of, um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of pathetic. Yeah, That's, but it's also it's quite gross. interesting to see the people, like the, there's obviously people that agree with the wording as well. Like, look, there's heaps of people being tagged in it, liking mm. it. Uh, hashtag buy see you but, next Tuesday. But then um shoes on the other foot. Like yeah. can you imagine can you can you imagine if um yeah as you well, said this the, is the, what I said. Yeah, the young yeah. liberals posted a photo and it was shown on the other foot and said um see you later went if Elbow lost his seat. Like yeah. there would be that they'd be talking about in Parliament the next week. Um yeah. there'd, there'd be some there'd be people losing their jobs um, yeah, it's just... Mm. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's appropriate for a news source to be... I mean, I know they're not traditional news, but I still think they have to accept a degree of responsibility that people are getting their news from them, particularly mm. young people who are learning how to be voters, yeah. learning how to be active yep. members of a democracy. This is not the way we do it in Australia. Yeah. No. You know, I don't want us to go, and I think the majority of Australians don't want us to go the route that the USA is in now, where, that, like, yeah. you cannot see eye to eye with somebody who yeah. votes differently from yeah. you. That's not who we are as a country, and I just don't think this missed the mark for me. So it's yeah. my note. I, I haven't saw I haven't saw someone comment on this saying, "Oh, it looks like the pedestrian crew have, um, have gone too deep in the um, in the election drinking game," <laughs> and that, that was one of the comments on this. So I was just like, "Yeah, maybe maybe the reporters on the night had too many um, mm. too many shots mm. on on the job, and this was the outcome." Mm. But their tone carried through of this, and fair enough. This I think there's 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 a there's satire, and then there's like this is this one. I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah, but, but so but when this started, this was the start. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, he, 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 yeah. he, here's a bit of comedy, ha 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 ha, and then it just continued. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, well, this, like, yeah, it's kind of just a bit sad. Mm. And even then, then we get to the poor, poor old Sharma. <laughs> Where were we? Um, <laughs> I mean, they're obviously having fun, and pedestrian yeah. TV does like the human yawn, Dave Sharma. Like, come <laughs> on, poor guy. You've been doing like families. I, yeah, and I feel like you know, obviously, when you're a politician, you open yourself up to a degree of ridicule when you come yeah. into the public sphere. But yeah. if this was like spell check, like an individual with an opinion, sure. But like, yeah, you're 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 you're, you're pretty much a news platform. So, yeah. All right. 
Great mm. nope. What's your dope then? Okay, so my dope is um, a little bit conceptual, <laughs> a little bit esoteric. Um, my dope is single mums because Anthony Albanese, now Prime Minister of the country, was raised by a single mum. Oh, we love that. Uh, I was also raised by a single mum. It's hard, yeah. you know, and I think it's like a cool testament to how badass single parents are. Yeah. Yeah, that, nice. um, you know, she's gone from living in housing commission to having a son who is the Prime Minister of the country. Wow. That's, that's awesome. so good. Yeah. So, yeah shout out mm. Mama Albanese. How good. Yeah. She'd be very proud right now. Wow. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> dope. All right, Ty, what's your dope or nope? What are you going to start us off uh, with? My dope is actually, so this, I'm not sure if this is dope or nope. From, so Burger King <laughs> is presenting. No, this is dope. This dope? This is I dope. Think it's dope. Right. Yeah. Can, can, I'm hogging the screen. No, I love uh, it. I don't, no, no, you, don't, like, you guys don't have screens, but nah. like maybe. Maybe you have a bit more initiative and plug in before I do. You, you'll get to use it. <laughs> we can't reach it. Um, check this out. Introducing the Pregnancy Whopper. Is that ice cream? Yeah. And pickles. So. You might feel differently when you're pregnant one day. So pregnancy craving, <laughs> Whoppers. Um, so Burger King is making burgers. Based, think- so based on research of what the most craved foods are during pregnancy cravings. Burger King, so yeah, survey, survey of expectant mothers in Germany found that pregnancy cravings are not a myth, with 58 of the respondents saying that um, they are familiar with the phenomenon. Um, so where do we go? How cool. Sweet yeah. to salty foods. So-, so they're putting chocolate cake on a Whopper. So this is, so the pickles is obviously um, oh, I've heard a pregnancy that. craving. I so think it's Pickles, whipped cream, Ugh. tomato, onion, and beef patty. That is over horrible. here. We have your traditional whopper with a side of strawberry ice cream scoops. The- and this this one, I believe, is <laughs> a chicken nugget one. I think that's a fish patty, so beef no, and fish. No, I don't know. I so, mean, I love the representation, but I'm not eating anything off that menu. I mean, you put down that, the track though. Yeah. Maybe ever, that's true. If you ever become a mum, yeah. Saying that, V, v when she was pregnant, she didn't have like. She was funny. She actually didn't have pregnancy cravings. She just ate what she of more like more of her favorite food. So she just yeah. lived on spag bog like pretty much for nine months. Well, well that's gonna like be spag me. Mm, yeah, kind of. He's a weirdo. He just likes marshmallows. My kid is pretty much built built on marshmallows. <laughs> marshmallows. And sugar. Yeah, he's pretty much a Michelin man. <laughs> I get in that. Marshmallows are yummy. Yeah. To the, we got to the point now if I come home from the coffee shop in the morning without marshmallows. He's angry. It's tantrum time. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. Oh, and he likes <laughs> and he likes toast with butter and honey. Oh, that's but, cute. So, um, that's cool. Introducing that's the dope. pregnancy whopper. It is nice. dope. But then again, like, do we really want? It? I, I don't know. We'll ask a doctor. Is this? Is this? Um, I mean, it's obviously not yet every day, or is it? Like, you shouldn't be eating that, you know, for every meal. But mm. for yeah. once in a while, I can I can get around that. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like Balance. mainstream non-pregnancy yeah. people will give that a crack too. Yeah, but it's only at Burger King, so American. I believe this German. is Germany. Yeah. Oh, so they did it on Mother's Day. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's that's fun PR. Yeah. That's really it's good PR. Yeah, it was only yeah. really probably a PR. Yeah. So too. well campaigned, Burger King. Yeah, totally. Cool. Nice All right. And King. what's your what's your note? My note was <laughs> also pedestrian yeah yeah, yeah. disappointing like that that I, I i i've enjoyed their platform that yeah. i feel like they let themselves down there a bit like yeah um i i understand like yeah nailing people across having a bit of fun with it but like mm. yeah you can't you can't call a shit person a 
in in the real world like we'll, we'll just what, beat what, that out yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, but no but why why can you do it with the outgoing pm on a yeah. public platform like it's and, just, and you made a really good point that the guy's still in the game like scott yeah. morrison's going to be the leader of the opposition now yeah. as far as we're aware um so you know if he's still going to be a huge part of the political discourse i don't think we should be introducing no. that kind of language Mm. It's not even the language. It's just like the, the disrespect associated mm. with it. It's like yeah. it's, it's like a disrespect for for like for me. I know it's a bit extreme, but for democracy in general, like it's yeah. like, like regardless of who people are, what they stand for mm. in that house, like I think we all still need to have a little bit of respect for the people there, just what, because of what happened recently, where someone was disrespectful to was it the Queen or some other. Oh. I think someone like no no someone someone did something to Putin remember and then and that like like oh. like two hours later that I think his security detail beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to go back to that method. Yeah, no, there was uh, something. There was a surely story. there's a happy medium. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just get the AFP to kick, kick down the door. <laughs> I mean, there's been a bit of that going Pedestrian on lately. Just, don't yeah, get just, started. Maybe maybe this, maybe this journal needs just a good pistol whipping. <laughs> surely there's a happy medium somewhere yeah, we between pistol whip and calling someone a somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but sometimes people don't realise how to just live in the middle till they're pistol whipped. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. It's a I'm- lukewarm take. Anyway, I'll let us find. So my dope for the week is the NBA and Hennessy. What would you call mashup PR stunt that they did, where they put a floating basketball court um, in the Sydney Harbour? Mm. Right? Do you have a? Do you have your source? Sure, Thank can- you. What a great PR stunt this was. So I believe this ongoing activation, because I was bragging to live about it, I think I might be heading down here with a client actually really? and have a float and a shoot. Look how sick that is. So there's a literal like floating <laughs> well, basketball court. Yeah. So, so no, seriously, you jump on the yacht. This is this this is the star yacht, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. So I think cool. this is there. They're probably trying to um So it's celebrating its seventy fifth uh, anniversary season of the NBA. And yeah, floating basketball court, and then they had like the likes of um, Nick Curios and other. Because um, Nick Curios is a sick basketball player, if anyone didn't know. I is mean, it? no, I feel uh, like he would be. He's, he's very he's, athletic. He, yeah. um, I think this is awesome. No, but that, he, he does say he's like he 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 does openly say he goes, I, I like basketball more than tennis. I just play tennis for money. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. But I thought that was sick to bring like Hennessy and NBA and then also the opportunity for the star to be involved as well. Like what a good PR stunt. Like it was it was such a good activation. I think it was great to kick off. And I think considering a lot of the stars high rollers don't like being um, seen walking into the casino at the moment. Uh, it probably gives them a nice little break. It's a good way for them to stay, you know, (laughs) stay um, relevant while not drawing attention to that aspect of what's going on. This is the new high rollers room, just this top deck. (laughs) (laughs) It looks amazing. And you get airlifted in and out directly. Yeah, but how cool. I think um, Adidas did another campaign recently as well. That was up in the north with um, Steph Claire Smith and some of those. But that was more of an eco spin, wasn't it? Tennis court. I I think that whole tennis court was built from... Like renewable re- plastics yeah, or something. Recycled oh, plastic that they cool pulled as. out of the ocean and they built mm. a tetanus court and then put it back in the ocean. Oh, mm. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. set as, the whole thing afloat. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. then I, th- I believe they donated it to someone afterwards because the tennis court, yeah, the oh, tennis cool. court could actually come out of the water. That was cool. Oh, and then they donated to to, to oh. a, lo- a, like a, a local school of some sort. Yeah. That's so that was really cool. sick. So, so with, with this, this, can any punter just go and like book – no. You, or you've got to be invited. You can't come on. Oh, damn it. No, it was, it was an imitation <laughs> event only on yeah. May 11, which included shooting competitions on the floating courts. No, so, so this, is flo- this, this floats around, I believe, for a, a duration of time. And so um, 
Hennessy, I believe, are inviting for the next few weeks their major, like, obviously, retail liquor accounts and wholesale liquor Ooh. accounts out. Oh, well, send so, pics. Yeah, so we'll well, well, the... I've, I've been honeypotted. So, um, <laughs> Imagine if yeah. you end up in, like, a little dingy, like, bar instead of, like, out in this yacht. Well, the chances are I'll Well, the way you're here. dressing now, oh, they yeah. won't let you in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I feel like this is a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm triggered. Yeah. So for anyone wondering why I'm wearing this trash, um, Liv and I had an off-site visit with a client on Friday and I saw this shirt and I said, hey, that's it's cool. Disgusting. And then she just shredded me on the spot. So It was like. So I bought it in protest. $15 and here I am today. from a $2 um, store. And we doubled $15 down. $15 from a $2 <laughs> store. I hate those type of stores dollars. where it's like $2 and then like 15 yeah, yeah, they just I mean, say it's too dollars And then Nick gave yeah. me this gold chain just I, to finish my look. Yeah, I like it. Shocking. It's You've got to pair a pimp chain with a shirt like that. You yeah. have to. Pimping ain't easy, but someone's got to do it. Gosh. All right. Ain't well, the truth. I'm going to get on to my nope. So this was um, in a recent episode of The Kardashians. Um, Kendall's Kendall Jenner's timeline doesn't add up, and it's seemingly because they don't want to mention the Astro World tragedy. Um, so basically in the episode, Kendall is seen in Miami and she can't attend a family event. Mm -hmm. Um, she's with Hayley Bieber, but they had to reshoot that scene because in real life, Kendall and Kylie were actually at Astro World when the tragedy happened. So obviously they had to refilm that and make a fake scenario that Kendall was in Miami. So that's That's shady as, yeah, that's my uh nope so mm. yeah astro world like the youngest victim was just like nine years old and hundreds more were uh injured in the event which was in houston i heard someone suing travis scott now because she had a miscarriage as a result of <gasps> no. well. Whoa. but then also like do you really go into a mosh pit when you're pregnant like, yeah i understand if you died as a result that's hard oh uh, yeah i mean i don't know like you probably not precluded not a doctor obviously but are you precluded hmm. from going to a festival and like going into a mosh pit for being pregnant I it's common know. sense it's like the same yeah. it's like you don't you don't go into like a, a bjj ring when you're pregnant and have a throwdown like to be fair like you would also <laughs> expect that there would yeah. be like appropriate security yeah. and like yeah. appropriate yeah. crowd control so you know context 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 yeah. yeah so i don't know whether it's better that they avoided obviously bringing it up to protect themselves or no, you reckon full weird. transparency like it happens full transparency. Like, yeah. I think, I, don't cut it out i think All we're day. talking about this with politics too it's like um the assumption that gen pop being general public are too stupid to see what's in front of them it mm. just it, it always yeah. ends poorly yeah i always think like wherever possible it's always better to comment mm. on a situation rather than not commenting Avoid because that makes you look happen. dodgy as yeah well, yeah that's the card he learned that when you know barnaby joyce had a had a, had a side girl and she got pregnant like, yeah just tell the truth bro yeah well they had Spess to eventually <laughs> they did that full sit down interview and got paid like 40k for it 40k so. yeah <laughs> i don't know i that i just the taxpayers would have up, cost but... more than that flying him to the bloody interview Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. Well, that's it for our dopes and nopes. Anyone Shall want a we... snack? Snack. Oh, yeah. We've got some. What are, What do we have in front of us? Is it's, it... it's caramel slice. I'm going to have some you, after. Do you want to do it right now? Eat it into the. Eat it into the. Ugh, is that do people like that? ASMR, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It makes me feel uncomfy. Uh, let's see. Liv's done to blush. But I think we could go viral with that video. Yeah. Should we start an OnlyFans? Will you do that? Mm-hmm. I'm clear. I, In yeah. that outfit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Only. I'll, lo- I'll lose the shirt if I get paid for it. Oh, I don't know if that's like. Can you, can you put this on TikTok, see if it goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, there's a slice. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay. All right. So getting into the topic for today, we mentioned it briefly at the start of this episode. It is the post-election rundown. What did we call it before? I called it the election post-mortem. Okay. So Nick, do you want to- do you want to get into basically well, an overview of what happened? Sure. I mean, I would say where there's death, there is also life. And I mm. think what Ty and I are both feeling today is a renewed sense of confidence in the sentiment of the Australian people, mm. right? So what we've seen is an overwhelming push towards independent members mm. of parliament and minor parties. So when we say minor parties, we mean obviously everyone except the Labor Party and the LNP. Mm. Um, so to me, that is super um, encouraging because it means that people have seen this little hamster wheel that we've been on for decades mm. now. People feel like they're not being served by it, that the mm. same old political bullshit that we're being served up year after year is no longer satisfying people. They are wanting something better and they're calling for it. And, you know, I don't think anybody is voting for these minor parties or these independents thinking that they're going to ever, you know, run the country one day. Yeah. But what they want is people who are regulatory voices in parliament who represent them and their personal interests on a much more personalized level than perhaps what's been um you know what's been offered by the two major parties Mm. what do you think about that ty yeah i agree um i think it's a good opportunity for both both of our major parties to kind of really sit back and reflect on the Mm. outcome um as we discussed earlier i think it's a really good opportunity as well for the Liberal Party, while not in government, to actually really reassess where it stands too. There's been a lot yeah. of pushing and pulling there between the left and the right of the party. Mm. So um, I even was looking at the news this morning where it's like, you know, is it time for um, the coalition to kind of part ways and represent, mm. you know, the left and right of their, their, their sides separately? Yeah. Because at the moment it's it's not working. Yeah, um, and I think one of the things that kind of detracts um, from the Liberal Party's popularity mm. is that people associate them with these um, really kind of hard right yep. guys like Matt Canavan and Barnaby Joyce yep. who, you know, have um, less centrist stances on a lot of issues that are really important to people. They feel like the entire party is being held hostage by like this handful of highly conservative well, it's, people. It's Malcolm Turnbull's outcome, right? Yeah, well, if you remember, Malcolm Turnbull, um, yeah, was basically calling for people to vote for independence and minor yeah. parties in protest, basically, of yeah. the way that both of the major parties have been failing to represent punters. Um, and I was telling Ty earlier that I, this morning I was watching sort of a recap on YouTube of um, a Sky News panel on Sunday night where I can't remember who it was. I think it's a former Labor member was talking about how concerning it is for both parties um, mm. that they were getting fewer number one preferences than they ever have before. And, yep. you know, that it was going to spell trouble having all of these independents, like too many independents running around the halls of parliament. I was like, it's you, dude. Yeah. Like, you guys are the problem. Right? You, let's not blame the independents for getting elected. Let's blame you guys for dropping the ball so people have had to do this. Like, this is a perfect time. Yeah. And I think you've said that, like, a couple of MPs, hopefully on both sides, have taken this as a sign that they do need to reflect inwards and start to think about 
uh, why people have moved away and why people are feeling underrepresented mm. by the parties that have traditionally been popular in Australia. Mm. Um, I think, if anything, it's encouraging to see that voters are paying enough attention yep. to see that we need to lift the standard. And, and we were worried. We were talking about that last week and we're like, we, we like my stance was like everyone's so disengaged, like are people really listening, doesn't matter, and it's like, it really surprised me on the weekend, the result, because it showed that people are engaged, are listening and have kind of voted accordingly. Um, yeah. And as we said, like whilst the Labor Party's um, won this election, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's also like it, they're the less, the least shit option yeah. in, in the public eye. So it's like yeah. it, with, 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 with that growth of the kind of all these independents coming through, it's like it's not, it's a win, but it's not, a real win really is it yeah it's still still a warning signs yeah and i hope they that even though they're incumbent now they recognize Mm. that because um yeah you're right like a number of people that i spoke to who ended up voting labor said they were only doing it because they didn't want scott morrison to get re-elected and i'm like that should never be the reason Mm -hmm. why we're choosing the prime minister of australia it shouldn't be because they're the lesser of two average options Mm. it should be because they're an inspiring leader and if they're not then the party as a whole needs to go into their little meeting room and have a talk about how that's a red flag you can be elected but still see a red flag Mm. and there's been red flags in the party for how forever right Mm. like on both both sides. Yeah. It's yeah. just so uh, – and it's like what we got back to, like imagine that that world we discussed like last week where people don't vote for parties anymore. Like mm. we, they vote, you vote for policy and ideas and like there's no parties and you just, you, you're just you able to, to go in and select a vote on, based on ideology <clears throat> that yeah. aligns with you. Yeah, well, that's what I did. I took that quiz and yeah. then it vote pretty – yeah, yeah, and it pretty much told me like – where my beliefs sat mm. and mm. I acted on that. Mm. Yeah, it's like who best represents what I yeah. want. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like, and maybe it's because we sort of were posed with the choice between two these two kind of underwhelming leaders. Mm. Um, I feel like people did kind of vote on policy a bit more this mm. year than they have in the mm. past. Um, I was looking at a, um, the Guardian's live election coverage and they had sort of said that based on their, you know, uh, um, like polling of, of individuals, um, that the two major issues that people were voting on were um, an ICAC and yes. the number one issue was climate change. Yeah, yeah well, bringing up um, the policies that Labor took to the election, which obviously mm-hmm. they won, so climate. So Australia, Australia has committed under the Paris Agreement to reach uh, net zero emissions by 2050. So Labor has committed to net zero 50 by 2050 and the party is also committed to reducing emissions by mm. 43% by 2030. Um, we also have the cost of living. So Labor supported the coalition's one-off um, $420 tax cut and 250 welfare payment um, and to increase the childcare subsidy mm. for first... Nice. For the first child, so, um, yeah, and then also, um, re- also reduce the price of medications um, and anti-corruption is mm. one of the mm. huge, huge selling point I think yep. for the Labor Party. Yeah, Uluru yep. statement. Oh yeah, the Uluru mm. statement. That's mm-hmm. that, that's follow through and so housing. Yeah, and obviously um, trying to lift wages yeah. in, in line with inflation, which is like yeah, like it's a hard promise to deliver on in reality. So. Yeah. Um, I feel like after the weekend, the Liberal, like the reality of it, I feel like the Liberal Party would almost be waking up breathing a sense of relief. It's like, thank fuck 
mm. like we've had, we're exhausted. As, mm-hmm. Can you imagine being, yeah, the governing party over the pandemic with um, yeah. particularly living in today's social and news cycle? Mm. I, I think it would be like, thank fuck, the spotlight's off us now. Yep. Um, Elbow probably woke up with a sense of anxiety yep. uh, hugely and saying, holy shit, now, now it's time. For, it's my time to, to shine. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, real. It's happening. You've yeah, got like, this like, record number f- of independents and minor parties who were there basically to hold, to hold you to account as yeah. well as, like you said, social media. No. People are more plugged into the news of the day than ever before. Mm. And we've seen this really like high engagement level in young voters, yep. which I think we mm. haven't seen for a long time either. So, I mean, yeah, you, you're exactly right. I said to my partner when we first saw the results, I bet that Albo's reaction was like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, fuck. oh my God. Yep. It's happening. Yep. Yeah. And, and and even now, I feel like um, politics and social media in the next three years, the way they coexist will really hit their maturity in terms of what, yeah. what Gen Pop expect in terms of ha- how the content's delivered the, to them appropriately. Um, yeah. I think uh, media, start making TikToks. Well, I think media, <laughs> right now, but like it's I've, what is it say? Social has been really impacting politics for, for the last ten years, mm. but they've only started taking it seriously in the last yeah. what five. Now, I, I hopefully um, politicians start to actually use it to its advantage and yeah. um, to, um, find the opportunities to really connect with their constituents yeah, there and, and, I, and use it for positive rather than just using it to smear each other or not taking yeah, it seriously. Yeah, I even think having voting on a platform such as like social media or even to be able to vote on your phone I think would be like the way that it's going. Like instead of like having to line up and go into places. I don't know, that's just a convenience yeah. to me and all my friends were posting like why can't we just vote on our phone? Well, the biggest like, fear factor there is corruption. And I guess, like, you've got to make sure that it's secure. Yeah. And you've got to make sure, I mean, let's be honest, the federal government has a history of, like, websites crashing in critical moments. Yeah. So yes. they I mean, would have to do a lot of work to set that up. Down the road, I'm sure, yeah. with the technology that we then have, like, I think it could, we the can big, adapt to what we're using. I've certainly, I've, I, I recall that they looked at it pretty, pretty fiercely and I think the biggest concern was, um, yeah, safety, like yeah. security, yeah. corruption. Like yeah. just just being a digital platform, how easy yeah. it is to to kind of hack and. And the last thing you would ever want is, I mean, exactly what's going on in the USA where Mm. there's reduced confidence in the system system and the security of it. Well, Clive Palmer just put $100 million into um, a losing campaign, won no seats. I'm I'm sure he'd happily put $50 million into um, a digital hacking campaign to make sure he does win suits. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. It's the only way he's going to win at this point. Um, Back to what you said about social media, though, um, Mm. I will say – um, the Greens have just, I think they can credit a huge portion of their success, this campaign, to social. reaching young people with mad meme game on social media. Yeah. Do you know why, though? Mm. Because it's something people relate to in yeah. the moment right now. It's something you're passionate about and, and hero and also feel it's kind of like that. So it's, it's like something you can share where you feel empowered and intelligent and you, yeah. get, you get kudos for being part of it. Mm. You, like... Economic policy doesn't have that fuzz to it. Mm. People, people can't share, like you know, um, yeah, f- fiscal policy and get the social kudos like they do with um, environmental. Like climate yeah. change policy, but yeah. I, I will say, though, they've done a very good job of kind of um, like abbreviating their policies sure. specifically for socials by yeah. using an emoji to show like a, f- a million affordable houses, um, dental and mental health into yeah. Medicare. Like they have been exceptional at, you know, 
shortening all of their policies, making them palatable, mm. making them understandable and making them feel um, you know, accessible to a young voter and I, I, educating people through mm. the power of the meme. I think part of their, 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 their <laughs> part of part of part of their base would be the younger, more tech savvy sure. um, subsection of the community as well, like young liberals. Like mm. I, I was watching the. Did you watch uh, Gruen? Where I was pretty much like that, looking at the, the these campaigns that the Liberal Party comes out with on social, and they're kind of like you know they're probably produced by one of. The young, the young guys as part of the young Liberal Party, and yeah. that they say, which already makes them, you know, generally a social outcast and a bit of a weirdo anyway. <laughs> and and then, 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 then they get handballed this social policy because, mm. you know, these sixty somethings at the top of the food chain saying, "Oh, give it to the young kid. He'll know. He'll know how this yeah, campaign know. works." So there's this, like, what this is Gruen's words, not mine. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's like so this weirdo young Liberals producing this campaign that's meant to connect with Gen Pop. Mm. And it's like they they don't understand why there's a disconnect. Yeah. Like you know, mm. some of the young limbs you meet, they may as well be Bob Catter. Well, shall we get into some of the fun campaign <laughs> moments that we've had extreme. over the time? <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking about memes, Nick, you've made a few suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> well, my first sub- suggestion um, is not a meme. It was the um, Chasers. Uh, mashup song of uh, a few Scott Morrison lines which Was that this is year? called yeah it's very recent it got to number one on the charts oh on the gosh, iTunes I, charts yeah. wow um, the song is called Forgive Me Cole Makes Me Come <laughs> I believe that's what it's called Liv hasn't heard this so no. we're just gonna do a live reaction right here I like the next one like I the like, hole in your bucket one yes I don't no, know hole in um, hole, hole in, in your, your budget. budget I'm sorry because oh, They've Wait. made a mashup of that now. Yeah. All right, here we go. Which was this leaked is... by the party, apparently. Yeah. So who was telling me that? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I believe they that they tried it to remix was... it to make it hip themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's play my this theory. One. All right, here we go. Who made this? The I mean, it is a banger. Cole makes me hard. Cole makes me hard. <laughs> so good. Wow. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Wow. Um, that to me was a fun, I just love a good, you know, uh, press conference mashup. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for it. Get on the beers, obviously, back in 2020, tried and tested the Dan mm. Andrews mashup. Um, that so was great. That I, was good during COVID. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like it's a fun way to, um, you know, Get the message across. Yeah. yeah, it's how comedy should be done, opposed to like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's less of a personal attack. I yeah. mean, that's it's obviously a joke. The chaser is known yes. for doing things that are provocative. Um, that I mean, in my humble opinion, shits all over the hole in your budget remix. Um, but you know what? I can respect this one. <laughs> it's a banger. Hang on. Wait, what is that? Yes. Six. What is this? Is example? I haven't even heard this before. That's a drop. Oh! oh I'm pretty sure that's, that's example and he's better. ghosted it. <laughs> 
great. That's way that. better than the remix that I I heard. Yeah, that'll, oh, that'll come up on the Triple J Hottest One Hundreds. I reckon. I'll be interested for to sure. see which one wins. No, yeah. no, no. I can put money on it. Like for sure, it'll be on there. Top yeah. ten. Yeah, the Hottest One Hundred is doing anything to make headlines these days. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. What's um, happening? It's soon, like, and it sounds bad, but it's like one, the Wiggles. No, but it's like once they went woke, they went broke, right? I think it's just because younger people, like, I don't know. Do you listen to Triple J? No. No, but See, everyone, I feel but, like it's. But our the generation. turning point was when they went all controversial. Do you think? I don't know. I just feel like the, you, like the younger generation, isn't interested in the I radio. Listen, no, Spotify I feel like it's channel. the right thing to do, but like I think. Um, You're yeah. saying go woke, go broke. Yep. I mean, the Greens would beg to differ. With their Ooh. six seats in Queensland. But they're not woke, they're fake woke. Fake woke? Well, now the Greens, you know the Greens, they're sitting there too saying, they're saying, holy shit, fuck, we have to start developing some economic policy, no sense of fiscal they, stuff. Like, mate, um, we've started costing out all this stuff. <laughs> fuck. They've shit. got this. They're but just going to tax who's like, Gina Reinhardt and then who, they'll be sweet. Who's, who's, who's the Greens candidate in Brisbane that dresses like a hobo? Oh, no, you're talking about the councillor. The councillor, Jonathan Shree. Yeah. Love him. Obsessed. Really? Yeah, because he's about his shit. About his shit. You've got to be about your shit. If you're going to be a green... Sorry, sorry, about your shit. You've got to be about your shit, you know? If you're going to say, be into sustainability... You've got to... So what you're saying is, if you talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. In this case, you've got to... He he dresses like he lives in a tree. I mean, he might live in a tree. (laughs) Do we know? Has anyone seen Jonathan Tree in a house? He's got got neck neck level green, eh? Yeah, I love it. I'm all about that. I have mad respect for anyone that doesn't shower because they want to save water. Yeah, oh, that's (laughs) fucked. Yeah, You, you, You can tell when... When, he, when, when he's in, um, what are they when in his chamber? Because you can just sm- smell the sage. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the sage is the least of your problems. No, yeah, yeah. Sure. But even then, I saw because the Greens candidates came through successfully. He was there dressed like a hobo, and the interaction was even awkward for them. I, I love him. I think he's great. He's all about it. He's, you know, getting arrested, protesting refugee rights. He's, you know, saving electricity. He's See, obviously dressing in a sustainable if way. He, if he's he, if he was in front outfit. of me on the story bridge, I would happily accelerate. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Speaking of the Greens, another uh, campaign <laughs> highlight for me was the uh, Adam Bent Press Club Google It, mate. Yes. Um, which really, I think, captured the public sentiment of the mm. election, which mm. is let's stop and also the public sentiment towards journalists in yeah. general, which hopefully we'll have time to discuss that a little bit more later. Um, people wanted a higher mm. ideals conversation and they were not getting it. And I yeah. think Adam Bent in that moment was a breath of fresh air. Well, even Elbow shredding that journalist at the press conference about um, what was it specifically on? It was about cuts to some, some kind of um, policy. I think it might maybe cuts the NDIS and health or something. And he said, we've pledged that we will spend more money on it. And the journalist said, well, can you guarantee there'll be no cuts? And he was like, I've just answered yeah. it. I've guaranteed we'll spend more money. Mm. So, yeah, mm. it's like, what more do you want? And then he, lo- he lost it. And he was mm. just like, this kind of baited question stuff, just like paraphrase, I've answered the question. We're, we're going to be spending more money. So, mm. in ter- yeah, and, it, and he, he gave them the shredding. So I think, yeah, everyone's over the mm. way, yeah, journalists are playing their role in this space as well. Yeah, yeah, I think they have a lot to answer for, you know, in, in terms of how people, how how disengaged people feel. We need independent um, journalists. Maybe. Yeah. So can we provide some feedback on the type of campaigns that we saw this year? Like from our perspective as working in the industry, what's some feedback that we could give? For? Sorry? The campaigns Sorry. that happened this year. Um, 
<rire> ben, quand même. Non, I'd be. C'est. I would just say hire, hire good consultants. Like, obviously, your media advisors and, and whoever's advice. I know there's probably advisors now, but like, mm. just do better. Like, it's not. It's just not. It's better. not. But it's not rocket science. Mm. They can definitely go onto social media a lot more, like using the platforms like yeah, TikTok, and, uh, and maybe in the future they could start. Mate, the Greens, I feel like, as I said earlier, I feel like the Greens can credit a significant amount of their success to doing so exactly that. Yeah, Being relatable. I think yeah. it changes when you're actually governing too and you and you have you don't have the time to just be fucking doing TikToks in your office. You're actually doing You've shit. You've got staffers though. Mm. Like that was part of my job when I worked in federal politics for a hot minute. It yeah. was doing socials. Yeah. But you have to have the sign-off of the person that you're working for yeah. for all of that stuff. How, but how hard is it to get an approval for a TikTok and three rounds of three rounds of feedback for a federal minister? I mean, I don't think it would be if they understood the importance of it, though. No, they'd, they're so they'd be so risk averse, and so because it's a new space for them, they'd be so insecure mm. about doing it, and, and they'd be like, "No, fuck it." Mm. But you can just like a really easy way, I think, of um, like I think this is why that um, they vote for you dot org went off this election as well, which is mm. for anyone that doesn't know where you a website where you can go and see basically the voting record of um, every sitting member of parliament. Um, the reason why that went off was because people wanted those policy discussions that weren't happening in traditional media. But like that's something you can provide on social media by just taking a clipping of one of your speeches in parliament that's about a topical issue, yeah. whether it be the cost of childcare, whether it's like women's rights, whether it's sure. indigenous rights. You can just take that and make it into like a TikTok no, or a that, that's real low hanging or- fruit stuff. That's like daily, but in terms of like broader campaigning. Like every day at a party level, mm. that needs to be really revisited. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I would say about um, both of the major parties' campaigns is that they felt out of touch. Mm. I don't think people want to see that traditional campaigning shtick of like going into a pub and like having these contrived beers with a couple of constituents going in wearing your high vis and shaking hands with some tradies i don't think people see that as genuine connection anymore and i don't really know i'm sure brighter minds than mine could figure out what the alternative to that is maybe it is partly being on social media being in a more authentic kind of context but I just feel like um, that particular style of campaigning is very effective with an older demographic because that's all they've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. But when we have this really personal, like, you know, the parasocial relationships that we have because of social media now mean that we can smell a rat. We can tell mm. an inauthentic exchange a mile away. Mm. And I think there was a lot of that this campaign and that's also maybe what, turned young people off the major parties yeah because they're like you're not talking to me though like you might be going mm. and having this 30 minute photo up with some tradies but you're not really talking to me yeah but i feel that but there's it's also like policies complex mm. like how, how do you how do you how do you strip that down to give people um the bites they need to understand it and then hero it as well and that's i think that's what like what when I go back to like the Greens and stuff, that their policies are 
well, they're easy to understand. They're not mm. complex. They're like real. It's like, you know, global warming is easy to communicate. Yeah. Um, and it is easier for the Greens because they're not there to govern. They're yeah, there to hold exactly right. the governing yeah. party to account. Exactly. And, and it's always easier to, like, even from opposition, it's always easier to, to present a fantastic ideology while, while smearing what's happening in real time when when you actually don't have to be accountable for everything at that point in time. Like if you're in government, you can't promise the world. Yeah, you, you do actually have to deliver on that because, mm. yeah, you have to walk the walk, right? So, yeah. and that's so, it'll be interesting. The next six months of um, elbow grease, as the front page yeah. called it, will be very interesting to watch. I think um, government's under a lot of pressure. They will be. Uh, and I think um, talking about that, talking about how do you bring robust policy discussion to the masses, mm. maybe this is where we can jump in and, and talk about the role that news media mm. play in that. Because right. you can't just rock up to a press conference, I don't think, and start talking about policy. You have to be asked questions that the public would be asking right. if they were there. Like to me, the role of a journalist is to stand in for your average mum and dad at home sure. and ask the questions that they care about. The questions that mum and dad at home care about are not what's the current WPI, you know? And and I think the problem is, is that everybody was so, everybody in the news media, well, I, I shouldn't say everyone, there seemed to be a significant portion of the news media who was more focused on uncovering a gaffe mm. than they were on delivering to the punter at home the answers to the questions, the burning questions that we all have had after the hardest three years that some of us will ever have in their lives. Yeah. Mm. And that to me is a total failure and a total disregard mm. for the responsibility that those people have yeah. with the platform that they have. And I, I was even thinking about that seeing what was happening in Sydney and Victoria. And I was like, we've been so blessed in Queensland the last mm. three years. Like whilst, you know, COVID's been tough, we've had it pretty light here. Like, and you think about what like Melbourne and those like Sydney or Victoria have been through. Mm. Like it, it's been a really tough three years for them. So yeah, yeah. Rifle, like they wanted some answers in that process as well and wanted yeah. some like some people to be held to account as well for the pain mm. they were feeling. Yeah. And none, none of that was there. Yeah. It, it felt like, like almost a pre-fight promo. Mm. Like, if, but it always does. But now it's not good enough. Like the world's evolving. The, the the yeah the way yeah the world's evolving. Like politics need to evolve with it. It's not just yeah a shouting match mm. anymore. It's just just a campaign isn't just picking apart the bloke on the other side of the room or female on the other side of the room anymore. And I, I know um, last week you made that point. Is that how good would campaigning being if you could only talk about your, your own policies or your own party? Mm. And that was, yeah. I think there should at least be a portion, you know, like we have advertising blackouts. Yeah. That there should at least be a portion oh. of the campaign where you can only talk about yourself. You want that to talk about the, yeah. <laughs> the policy Mother costings. That motherfucker. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> bastard. No, it's strategic though, too, but elbows in yeah. now. So I won't disrespect our incoming PM, but how, 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 how strategic but cheeky, but how dropping his policy costings the night of. Like campaign blackout. Yeah. I love it. I, I know. I know. It. I, I reserve, you have to respect it. He's like, he's like, this isn't going to go down well because what was it? End up being an extra like $7.8 billion overspend. Something like that. But, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But, okay, let me let me explain why strategic. I think from a, from a strategic level, this is why I think that was a smart idea. But unfair from a like. I mean, 
I, I guess on one level, like I can understand why you're saying it's unfair. There should always be time to discuss, you know, somebody's policy costings because that's, you know, a huge part. We base our country's success a lot on what our economic performance is. But I would say, firstly, economic performance to me does not necessarily, especially after the three years that we've had, mm. a strong economic performance is maybe not what we need to measure our success on right now. Sure. Maybe it should be more on like... But we still have a right to know what their economic um, yeah. blueprint is. Yeah. Like as, as, a, as, as, a, as, a, as um, yeah, as an Australian, I, I, I'm entitled to that information. And for anyone that doesn't know what the blackout period is, it's when pretty much all campaign ads, what was it, 72 hours out of the election? Yeah. You like pretty that. much have to turn off all ads. So it means that effectively the Liberal Party did not have time to make an ad that would have responded to the Labor Party's policy costs. Do you think that's smart? It is smart. I think it's very smart. But for something like that in terms of like like, like costing policy, that's huge. Mm. Here's my question though. Do you think if the Liberal Party and United Australia and whoever else Mm. was going to go for it, if they'd had time... Do you think there would have been anything substantive thrown out, or would it have been the yeah, same? Yeah, absolutely, would have been. Yeah, yeah, they would. There would have been the same. In, in, in same with the 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 the, the, the typical rebuttal dialogue, mm. sure. But they would have had the opportunity to to, to do yeah. that, which is, I think, part of the process. Currently, part of that process. Mm. Yeah, For, I get that. Fair's mm. fair, but considering like there just seems to be. Um, I and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I am defending the strategy because <laughs> no, I like I, the strategy. I get it. If I was a media yeah. advisor, I would advise the same thing. Yeah. I would have said, "Fuck these guys. Let's yeah. let's drop it five hours before blackout," which they did. Yeah. Um, I just um, expose I, it warts and all. Yeah. Only or- organic media will get to digest it. Mm. Good. Good luck to them. It's it's it's, it's like what what what. Their the strategy was, and obviously there's some some level of discomfort or shame in it, because if they were proud of what they're putting out, they wouldn't have run that strategy. See, I disagree with that. I feel like they know no. so well that there's like this running line that has now been proven to be a fallacy that the Liberal Party are better economic managers. I mean, that like that line that I'm sure would have been bandied around had there been time mm. for the other parties to respond. Um, like- it, it's too much of an oversimplification sure. of too many nuanced things like what kind of favorable or unfavorable global influences there are, what kind of conditions you're inheriting from the previous government, things yeah. like that, that you cannot within, you know, an election period, especially when the media is the way that they are and they're not asking the right what, yeah. what I would consider to be the right questions. Are you really going to ever be able to, you know, allow for a right of reply that's actually going to benefit the Australian people, especially when it comes to the economy and the way that the Liberal Party and the media have historically taken Labor Party spending out of context? I don't think yeah, but so. There, there's also a right of reply there too where it's like, but for for Labor post that rebuttal as well. So if 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 they think their policy or costings have anything to stand on, they should happily, or it's part of the process, take on that criticism and then 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 rebut it again. Like that's the whole part. Mm. That's the whole point. If they were concerned about that argument, which evidently they weren't, mm. but maybe like I don't think they were. Cons- I think they were concerned. So they tried to. Then then they knew it was weak. 
So they they tried to delay it intentionally. I don't, I, I don't I don't think it was about. Um, yeah, I think it was it was hiding. Do you think they knew it was weak, or do you think they thought it was inconsequential? No, to I, they, me, knew was, they, 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 they knew it was a target on the back. I, I mean, they totally knew. <laughs> no I think they knew it was a target on the back. But for me um, as a voter, and I guess it's because I'm a progressive voter as well, I am more than happy for us to be spending money sure. as a country and going into debt if it is for a good reason. And I think that things like- But who pays for that ultimately? I mean, we do the taxpayer, but I'm more than happy to pay for that. And I think that's and that, that's where the dialogue needs to go. It's like, well, what's the alternative? Mm. And this is the way they should be delivering their message. We're spending money because mm. over a long period of time, this is the goal we're trying to accomplish over yeah. this extended period of time. But what so change Change the way they talk. But the party, it's not the, the party's mm. responsible for, for, for seeding the message initially and, mm. then, and then, then the journalists take it away. But so, the journalists won't take it away. It won't but, come up. But there's still a sense of power in the party. Yeah. Where the way you deliver your message, mm. and it's just I thought it was pathetic. I think I think like they could have, they could have delivered that costing a week earlier mm. and put it in the context of hey we're spending more money because A, a B C and D and made it mm. a really aspirational and empowering story mm. opposed to hiding five hours out of blackout like it's just it's mm. I, I i thought it was a missed opportunity because mm. the, the the first thing they did that they, they kind of at, at, at the first glance it's like oh they own their overspend mm. but, but there's there's some kind of there's there's something heroic in that and yeah. i feel like it was a lost opportunity for them that's yeah that's a really good point i think that's really interesting speaking of um last ditch efforts to um change oh, yeah. the game change the tide yeah, can we hit? talk about the uh yeah, sh- the boats a- being intercepted from sri lanka are there actually boats <laughs> coming in from sri lanka now i did read and i to in be fair, no way to be fair there a lot of people died at the hands of labor policy last time around i mean that <laughs> was back in 2013 man this is the thing what, when so you I just s- forget about well, Dead boat I, people. I mean, Dead when I saw that tweet come out, that, that, I was like, this is not a pertinent issue. Like, yeah. I understand that there were, you know, there's a lot to unpack with that old policy. Yeah, no, but we can't go down that rabbit hole. policy, we'll man. Like, people are yeah, in Yeah, but it's policy that ended lives. Yeah, but climate change is also well, having a very no, real human impact. Yeah, yeah. And but that's the, but, a lot more immediate. Yeah, no, that's not more immediate. <laughs> that was far more immediate because it was policy of the day with people dying on the same day. That was hectic. <laughs> the point there is- were boats, There were boats sinking offshore and, and people could see people drowning from shore. How, uh, how, um, what is the veracity of the claims that there was actually a, a boat coming towards oh, Australia the on yeah, the day of, yeah. on the eve of the election? Well, let's, yeah. tra- let's try and track um, this down. I, I did read, um, somebody saying that it had been teed up with the Sri Lankan government, but I, look, I don't know. I think that's a bit, um, yeah, that sounds, I think that's a bit heavy. But, but it was um, funny, it was funny where I was like, I've just heard, I've just got word that I've just heard. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Um, yeah, there was a lot. Um, there was a lot of desperation, I think, on both sides, and and I think both of those examples that we've just talked about the um, you know, budget costings drop right before blackout, and the um, the boats just 
you know, rolling into Australian waters uh, on the eve of the election are both really good examples of that. And yeah. I think neither of those went down particularly well. No. Except in the uh, the meme sphere of <laughs> in the meme uh, sphere. social media. And the, uh, the Skrillex remix songs, <laughs> which are great. I mean, I was living for people's meme game through uh, throughout the election. I will say, um, you know, maybe there's an element of social media and like, you know, memes and um you know people's ability to interact on like mm. a more humorous level yeah it's getting people more engaged yeah you know? i reckon i was having fun yeah i think a lot good. of other people were too <laughs> is there anything else that we want to uh contribute to this conversation before we wrap up this uh this um. i want to briefly talk about youtube um because we've been talking a lot about other socials um mm-hmm. and i just want to briefly mention a particular example um of something that stop it <laughs> yuck you asked me to we this might boost our following this might be what causes yeah, our podcast to take off that looks really yummy i'm excited to have one of those oh. but i am gonna um not rant but i do just want to bring something up which is um the youtube I just want to bring up the Friendly Jordan, Friendly Geordie's corruption video oh, on YouTube. Mm. Okay. It must so, have been targeted to me. Well, um, I sort of vaguely watch a bit of Friendly Geordie's because he's basically, for a bit of background for anyone that doesn't know, he is a comedian turned political commentator, mm. very openly pro-labor. Um, Who would have thought and I know, and he dropped on, uh, I think it was the, maybe like the Wednesday or the Thursday, days before the election, dropped like a 20 minute video mm-hmm. on to his YouTube channel that's got, you know, hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of views, um, detailing basically a, an inventory of all of the corruption that we've seen mm-hmm. under the Liberal government. Sure. Um, so it was everything from like sports rorts to sure. people misusing private jets to, sure. you know, people getting their spouse's jobs or, you know. It's called, it's called perks. <laughs> well, it, it, it is called it's, corruption. No, and it's I not, would, no, uh, no, it's called perks. Like I got to go to a corporate box on Sunday and that, that's what you call work perks. I would yeah. suggest that it happens on both sides exactly of government. Exactly right. It sounds like but, this guy's just a sookie lala that's never, that's never been on a private jet. I, what I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what I'm interested in about this is um like his um his particular YouTube channel is going off and has been for quite some time because mm. it's um like a very detailed analysis of from a very biased perspective mm. um of what's going on in politics. Sure. Um and I'm interested in this like longer form like we've talked about shorter form mm. um kind of content with a particular political slant. But, but the, the short the short form should always lead to long form anyway. It's like it's mm. like a funnel to get to this page anyway, right? Yeah. Hopefully. But um the interesting thing about this is to me is that he's essentially released in the past like documentary length content that is very like one-sided and I'm mm. not saying it's problematic I mm. I think that given the way that our media is like our mainstream media is there's probably more of a need for independent, independent mm. journalists um sounds but- like a good way to um go missing on a rock climbing adventure <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he, um, interestingly, <laughs> like there's right. quite a... That got really like, dark. No, it's like House of Cards, right? It's like, well, hope you don't catch trains because you might find yourself in front of one. There's quite a rabbit hole with this mm. because um, he is basically the reason why John Barillaro stepped down the Deputy Premier of New South Wales. Um, oh. And the AFP raided his um, producer's home and, like, they're in court right now um, alleging basically that there was misconduct. It's a really interesting rabbit hole to go down yeah. when you're talking about freedom of speech versus, yeah. like, you know, not that I would consider Sky News particularly sensitive to media guidelines at the moment either, but... Um, when there's the social media and digital media like YouTube is the Wild West mm. and we have to consider what kind of ethics are in place for sure. all of these platforms because, and I'm not saying that Jordan Shanks, Friendly Geordies, is doing anything unethical. I fully support what he's doing because I- But I've, if someone starts up their own- but there's a lot News of misinformation. Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly and right. we saw it during COVID. Exactly. There were a lot of people spreading misinformation on YouTube about like how the vaccine mm. was going to, you know, maybe kill your babies need, and stuff like that. Maybe we need our own truth ministry. Oh, I was going to say that. Mm. <laughs> New episode? I don't know about that. <laughs> Is that your required reading? Um, You know what? Yeah, I, I think jo uh, Friendly Geordies on YouTube is my required reading. Mm -hmm. I will say I don't endorse everything that he says. Um, Take it with a grain, like a pinch of salt. Yeah, mm. I, well, like I said when we were in the first episode when I was talking about um, you should never get all of your political information from one, one place. Source, yeah. I think this is the I think this is the problem that I have with um, content creators like Friendly Geordies. And I'm yeah. not saying it's him that's the problem, yeah. but I think people will only go to him because it's it's fun, it's very digestible, it's very entertaining. Mm. But if that's the only place you're getting your news, yeah. you're not learning to think critically. And like if we just uh, I know this is blowing out, but like one thing I just want to say really quickly is the thing that I enjoy about us having conversations, mm. we're on very different sides of the political spectrum. I yes. don't think that's any secret after this this podcast. <laughs> like you're a liberal voter, I'm a Greens voter, but the way we talk to a, each other about politics is fun and yeah. respectful and enjoyable and I feel like it's rich and, you know, sometimes full of substance. But I get a lot of, like, <laughs> like insight from talking to you. Like, it's, I think, you know, like, I respect yeah, you, your intelligence. Like, yeah, and we have different upbringings, different values, different, mm. our brains are formed with different exposures. But, like, just, yeah, I just, it's productive. Like, my, my, like my, my, my outlook changes as a result of talking to you for the better. Like, it's, I think, and I think Cute. everyone, no, but I think everyone should, mm. like, conversations do change the way you think. So shutting people down because they don't agree mm -hmm. with you, it's like I think it's the quickest way mm. to get dumb. Yeah, or yeah. only listening to one person because mm. they're reaffirming what you believe. And like, you know, with Back to Friendly Geordies, just because I think that's like the strongest example of what's going on right now. Like uh, while I agree with some of his content, I'm getting that within the context of also watching Sky News, yeah. also reading news court newspapers, reading The Guardian. Like I'm getting my I'm, – I'm digesting his content within a broader context yeah. of what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I would encourage everybody to do the same with whatever news you're digesting, whoever you're talking to mm. in your life. Just make sure that you're getting like a broad spectrum of ideals because mm. – 
and I think there's an appetite for that. Honestly, I thought today we were going to have a really different conversation. Yeah. Mm. Um, I really did. I thought we I were going to. I thought gonna... I'd had to. No, I think. No, no, not, not between us. I think the two major parties, but I thought there was going to be come closer. Mm. Even last week, I, I was saying, I, I think there might be a similar outcome to last time. But mm. the yep. fact that um, there's been like visible kind of dissatisfaction with the two major parties and, and mm. the, the it, for me, it's, it's, it, it's exciting because it shows that there's going to be like, there's like something's going to refresh. Yeah, and, I mean it mm. needs it. Like, uh, uh, like um, Parliament House needs a refresh. Yeah, there's an appetite for something better. Mm. There's an appetite for new voices, diverse voices. It's all yes. very positive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's really. It, it, it's it's like yeah, it's going down a, a, a mm. more positive path. Yeah, where we could have we could add another ten years of what we've just had. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and this is a good thing, and I hope that. We, with all of these new diverse voices in Parliament, all these new independents, all mm. of these minor parties, yeah. we see a broader, you know, vision of what Australians look like. Yeah. Because there hasn't been that in the past. Mm. And hopefully hearing from people of all different backgrounds is going to make all of us more open-minded, yeah, which can only sure. be a good thing. I agree with that. We're going to finish on something that's Awesome. Funner. No, we're going <laughs> to finish with our required reading. Required reading. Which is what we do at the end of every episode. Oh, yes. So something that we can recommend. It can be a show. It can be a YouTube channel. Mm. It can be a book. What do you got, Ty? I've got um, the Call of Daddy podcast with Christine Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> That's mine. What are you talking about? It literally says live. Call huh? Her Daddy podcast. No. Yeah, that was really good. So interesting fact. <laughs> Interesting fact. Are you related? No, so I watched that. I was, I was, I was, I'm actually really surprised with how um, she's because she's quite intelligent. Everything's yeah. just a roll. Like she's, you haven't watched this, have you? No. no, I no. So no. On, on Selling Sunset, she's just um, well, what do they call her again? The, the villain. The villain. But like she's she speaks really well. So like almost like really intelligent. Yeah. Um, it's all a big actor. To essentially um, cement her character and make sure she's remembered and yeah, um, exactly. And, yeah. She's pretty much like I'm. She, like, she's I, cat, she's I'm, catfished a whole audience. It's yeah, proper but catfish. she but she knows that. Yeah, and she's like I'm getting paid to do that. Like it's yeah. TV. Like she's like, like this ain't reality TV. It's yeah. like I'm acting. It's she's like, like yeah. I have respect for that. Yeah, if and, you don't know that reality TV is produced by now, then there's no hope for you. And so. that's what she's saying as well is yeah, because like, everyone to, yeah. everyone has watched it and has gone oh like she's the villain like she's so horrible like this this and this and she's like yeah my character is but mm. that's tv see look mm. remember at one and i was like they're all idiots i hated them and mm. then now for her it's like like i i like her now yeah yeah I'm like, she's just playing a role like she catfished me i was i was engaged with hatred for this villain now i'm like she's yeah. just she catfished but the shit now out of me. i, I feel like the stupid one because she yeah. like goes like of course like why wouldn't i do that and i'm like you're so, so right yeah. like, she's the memorable one yeah, yeah. but yeah. like she does, she does out like um the editing stuff that they do and like yeah. how it's all so fake and how the producer but she takes it with a grain of salt as well she's like well that's, well, that's the what producer i signed up for it has also adam levine he's yeah. getting he's getting investigated adam for levine, isn't that the singer Oh, what's his name? Adam Devine. <laughs> Devine. Whatever the fuck Whoa, his name is. Whatever his name is. But he's getting investigated for um, like sexual harassment or some yeah, kind of bullying. She, but she out In of Hollywood? That. Yeah, I think, she, I think, yeah, she, I think she he fed a pony without that. asking or something. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I, 
And then there was, and then there was something like um, she added like the pay difference. And anyways, I, it was just really, she just said everything. It was fun. really good. Yeah. yeah. But she was just really wholesome as well. And there was just like, she's, wholesome, yeah. she's just a person. Like she's just a girl at the end of the day. And like, she's human. And she, um, anyone looking to go into Sugar Daddy, she said, yeah, do it. Yeah, she was yeah. fully encouraging Ooh, it. Yeah. And she's also she's, entrepreneurial. she's yeah. opened her own brokerage, which is called Real Open, and it's where you can buy houses with crypto. Mm. Okay, I don't know about that, but that's probably but another anyways, podcast topic for another husband time. husband is a crypto guy. Of course he is. Anyways, but yeah, that was both of our required readings then. And so mm. Call Her Daddy is only found on Spotify though, so Spotify exclusive. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you can't find it on YouTube or anything anymore. No, you got to watch it on your phone. You can phone watch it, yeah, or listen to it, yeah. I watch it at 4.30 in the morning in the gym car park. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna listen to it on the way home. This yeah, it was, just, it was just good. Mm. good I don't know. Listen. You need to reduce your screen time, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> don't play the video. Just play the audio while you're driving. Just watch it on Spotify yeah. and lock my phone. Yeah. Um, well, my required reading is um, election results. Go and look at who's uh, your federal yeah. MP. Yes, Because ma'am. the games have changed <laughs> a little bit. A few um, people have switched up. Um, and get your news from a number of different sources. Love I it. think that's really important mm, too. Always. Mm-hmm. Now give me uh, a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Great job, guys. All right, that's a wrap. Perfect. See you next week. <laughs> you feel alive, let's hit the dance floor. Don't work too hard, my break a backbone. Return to the Mac, the king is back though. Corvette and cash, I never like those. Thanks for listening, guys. If you love this episode, please give us a five-star rating and make sure you follow us on socials to stay up to date with all the weird and wacky things we get up to. You can find us on Instagram at No Brilliant Jerks Podcast or Sunnydale Studios, or you can even find us on our agency Insta at KKO Agency. And if you'd like to put a face to a name, you can watch all of our podcast recordings on our YouTube at Sunnydale Studios. Now, we'll pop up all our social handles and links discussed in today's episodes in our show notes below. Feel free to also email us with your own dopes and nopes and we'll share them on the podcast. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We shall be in your ear holes again next Wednesday. Okay, bye. This is our production of Sunny Dallas Studios.